Y'all, today I get to introduce you to one of my real life friends. Ainsley and I are in a mastermind group. We've actually known each other for about four years, have been in two different groups together, and she has a book baby releasing today. This airs Tuesday, August 2nd. If you're listening, this is the very first day her book is live into the universe. I have just got to walk beside her in the good and the bad and the ugly of the book writing process. And I'm so proud of her. And a funny story, I actually did the editing of this podcast episode. I don't normally do that, but re-listening to it was just like, (laughs) it just made me so happy. I can't wait to share this episode with you guys. Ainsley's book is called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude. Yes, that is what she named the title of her book. Can you tell why I love this girl? But the thing I love about her is she addresses the problem behind the problem when it comes to unhealthy dating, and that is self-worth. You guys are going to love this. All right, here we go. If you are in your 20s hoping there is more to life than boys and Bacardi, you are in the right place. Katie Ballmer has been a keynote speaker to over 60 colleges nationwide, encouraging 20-somethings to realize their worth, find their calling, and not date their bags. But seriously, Katie is an author, viral TikTok creator, wife, mom of two girls, and your adopted aunt that you never knew how bad you needed. Ready to have some real conversation tackling the hottest topics? This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. This is times two, totally different conversation this time though. We talked about the Enneagram last time, which is fascinating. I love that you do that. But now we can talk about boo-boo dudes. This is my friend. Ainsley and I are in a mastermind group together. And so, yeah, ah, all the things. (laughs) (laughs) I know when, before we start, or we jumped like into recording pretty quickly. And I was like, I don't think I've ever jumped into recording that quickly. And I loved it. But that's because we know each other and we spend time with each other every other week. So it's like, we don't need to do (laughs) the whole song and dance. Just put your hair in a messy bun and grab some pizza straight out of the box because that's what this conversation is like. For sure. Absolutely. I know a little bit story about the book, but I would love to hear why did you write a book called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude? Oh, yes. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know like what that means, um, that's essentially probably some backwoods Louisiana uh, lingo that we have going on. But a boo-boo dude can really be like a wide range of behaviors from not texting back or leaving a girl, um, you know, on red or on the back burner all the way to toxic or abusive behavior. You know, it's someone who leads you on, leaves you on red, or leaves you wondering where you stand with them as manipulation tactic. So at the core, it's just a guy who's not treating you how you deserve to be treated. And I found myself in that place um, in, you know, my early 20s and really kind of looked around and was like, what, how the heck did I get here? How the heck can I get out of this place? And how can I help other people not land in the same position that I'm currently in? So, you know, I found myself in this abusive relationship and I truly just, it snuck up on me so quickly and I just did not know how to get out. And I didn't know, you know, what that looked like. If he had not broken up with me, I don't think I ever would have left, would have (laughs) left. I don't think I ever would have left. And I do not want that for other people. I want other women to be able to recognize it and remove themselves from that situation. So that is why I wrote the book. And and also to figure out what the core is uh, behind why you're not leaving um, 
So all of those things can be found in there. Well, you're doing a really good thing. And I, I remember finding you the first time on Instagram and I was like, I want to be friends with her so bad. So Jesus, Jesus had his eyes on us. That's all I know. But I'm just so For glad sure. to see what you're doing. Okay. So actually, it's so funny story that we're recording this right now because I like seconds ago just got off of a mentoring call with a girl who she never really dated a lot, but she kind of just thought it was shocking that a guy would ever like her or shocking that a guy would ever kind of have a crush on her or whatever. And essentially that was obviously based in self-worth. And I love what you talk about is the problem behind the problem in almost all of these conversations is worth. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are talking about self-worth, but I feel like you talk about it well. (laughs) And so (laughs) what can you add to the conversation about knowing your worth? Oh man, I think that is typically the root of why a lot of times we stay in these unhealthy relationships, even if it's not romantic relationships, it can be friendships, it can be, um, you know, family relationships that are toxic. Like it, it can be anything, but so often that we forget our worth and we feel stuck in whatever we're doing. And I think that one of the beautiful, most beautiful things about being a Christian and having a faith base is the power that I have access to as a child of God. And that truly, truly, truly defines my worth. It used to not because I didn't really understand it. Um, I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't really know what, uh, what it meant for his love for me. You know, I was actually thinking recently because I, today, actually, I like am no makeup, like fresh out of the shower, like, that's just where I'm at today. And I got on Instagram stories and I was like, I really just don't care anymore. <laughs> like I will just show up. I used to like only get on when I had my hair and makeup done and like I was like presentable. And now I'm like, I literally do not care because my words are what matter. What the Lord has taught me matters more than, you know, what I look like. But that was such a recent development for me and a recent a discovery of confidence that what is rooted in my self-worth because when you embrace your power that you have as a child of God, you don't settle for anything. When you're able to lay down shame and heartache and your identity at the cross, you're then able to um, pick up confidence, self-worth, and the crown that he has placed on your head. So I think like whenever... I'm imagining just someone in these kinds of relationships, like you might be feeling weak and I just want to kind of give the reminder that you don't have to rely on your own strength to be set free from whatever's weighing heavy. And, you know, Lauren Daigle has the song rescue. And I think that's one of the best songs ever written because it's so, uh, it just resonates so clearly. And it's so true that he is waiting to rescue you. If you are just willing to let go of where you are and what isn't working for the promise of what he can provide, like the supernatural, like power and boldness is not me. It's like 100% not me. You know, there's, I get told so often that I have a confidence or just something And I'm like, that's literally not me. Like I am a hundred percent so insecure and whatever, but I don't have to be because of the power that I have as a child of God. Like that's all that confidence or whatever people see in me. Like I'm like, that's literally all it is. If you were to really look at Ainsley outside of faith, she's a mess and like 
can't get out of bed. But if you look at me, whenever I take my daily bread of what the Lord has to offer me, then I'm able to talk about my past, you know, with an abusive relationship and being all trapped and insecure and all of that with confidence, because I'm like, I know what the Lord did for me. And I know that he can do the same for you. Not only can he, but he's waiting to do the same for you um, of anybody who's in that situation. So accessing his power as his child is how you identify and tap into that self-worth that is so unshakable that you don't settle. And it's Go so free. refreshing. <laughs> it's so refreshing. Well, this is a perfect time for you to shout out the name of your podcast. And you you had Lauren oh, Daniel yeah. on. It was an amazing episode. So Wild <laughs> Confidence, shout mm-hmm. out. Go Go listen, everybody. Yeah. Wild Confidence is the podcast Lauren was on, um, which is so funny because she's she's one of my childhood friends. And I think back to whenever I was, we were recording that episode and I'm like, I wonder if anybody even understands us because we <sighs> kind of talk in our own Louisiana language, much like this, the title of this book, um, which is so funny because I've had to explain it to so many people, like what is boo-boo? And I'm like, it's just bad. Like it's just, yeah. <laughs> but I say that about everything. I don't even just say that about boo-boo dudes. I'm like, that, that shirt's boo-boo or this outfit's boo-boo or, you know, this food is boo-boo. Like it's so normal for me that it cracks me, me up that it's abnormal for other people to hear that word and it not be in their vernacular. I think it's wildly appropriate that you named your title of the book. I think I love it. <laughs> um, we did a, I don't remember what it was, an Instagram live or something years back. And it stood out to me, Ainsley. I remember you said something like, we were kind of having the conversation about worth and you challenged the listeners to like, go to ask God, be like, show me my worth and get it the next day again and show me again, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, but whatever you said, say it again. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Vaguely, but we did like a zoom thing. That was really cool. That was was so fun. Oh my gosh. We should do that again. I remember um, having so much more energy whenever I was without a child and we had that <laughs> conversation. And we just um, had a baby. Yes. True, true, true. I guess what I'm asking for is self-worth. What you just said is spot on. But when it comes to like, okay, I need Practical. to get worth in track. Give me like, what do I need to do today to start figuring mm-hmm. that out? Yeah. So you know that like, give us this day our daily bread kind of like prayer. I always would say it, but I didn't know what that meant. Like I didn't really know what that meant to like give our daily bread or get our daily bread. And whenever I think of confidence, self-worth, discipline, all of those things, it reminds me of daily bread because it, it starts in the morning, right? When you wake up or whenever you wake up and it only will sustain you until you go to sleep. That's daily. And then you have to wake up and you do it all over again. And that's, I think, where the the frustration lies whenever we try to make a change because we don't want to do it every day. We want, we want uh, give me my yearly bread or my decadely bread. Like we don't want to wake up and have that discipline to do something daily. But whenever we do those practices, they become easier, just like anything in life. If anything's true, it's that the enemy is 
trying to prevent you from receiving what the Lord has for you. So anytime that you are pursuing your calling, he is going to attack that. So the first thing that I do to really stay confident and ground my worth in Christ is I put on the armor of God every single day. Um, I literally just have a list of it on my mirror. It's in Ephesians 6, if anyone's looking for it. And I go down the list and essentially get ready for battle because the thing about the daily bread is that it it expires, right? Because it's only daily. It's just the manna that was in the desert. So from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, that is whenever you need that sustenance. That's whenever you need that foundation and that faith and those those tools that keep you grounded in your self-worth. So you wake up, you put on the full armor of God, and then you ask the Lord to show you what he sees when you look in the mirror. Whenever you do that, you'll start to see yourself with so much more grace and so much more beautiful than you ever thought you were before and so much more um, valued. And the more you do that, the more you're going to be able to see yourself how he sees you and then expect others to treat you that way. And that is how you don't settle is that you ask the Lord who he sees you who he sees you in, you know, in you, as you look in the mirror and you'll start to see it. Like he doesn't just ignore those requests and what does, and he doesn't want you to settle. He wants you in a healthy life-giving God pursuing relationship. So he's going to show you like these, you know, I hear all the time that people say that the Lord is silent and I'm like, I really disagree with you. Like lovingly disagree with you because if I'm asking someone who loves me a question, they don't ignore me like in the physical, my friends, my parents, my husband, like anybody who loves me. If I'm like, can you help me? I don't know. Pick up a chair. They're literally not just going to like ignore me. They're going to give me an answer. That answer may be no, maybe they're busy. They can't whatever, but they're not just going to ignore me. Now imagine the father who created you. He's not just going to ignore you especially if you're trying to do something that honors him and that brings him glory, of course, he's going to be like, yes. So he is who you're asking for this daily bread, this daily strength. And that is where confidence comes from. That is where self-worth comes from. And it's that daily discipline, that daily practice. And then I always tell people to like, whatever the Lord tells you, write it down because that becomes faith pillars that you can hold on to as proof of him communicating with you. So anytime that you feel like he's silent and you're like, oh, he's never, he never answers me. He can't hear me. Like, no, you have proof that that's not true because you wrote down the last thing he told you. Um, and over and over and over, I mean, this like prayer book that I have, it's sitting right in front of me because anytime I have a prayer request or a prayer answered, I write it down. It's sitting right in front of me. Um, I literally write it down because I don't want to forget. And when I tell you, like if I read this book to you, it's crazy because you can see how quickly these prayers are answered because the father's not silent. (laughs) Yes. And I love what you said. So that is worth its money and gold right there with this weight and gold, whatever. So understanding that worth, obviously important, but we teach other people how to treat us based on how we treat ourselves and how we see ourselves as worthy or not. Yeah. 1000%. Tell me about Ainsley who found herself in toxic relationships versus Ainsley now. Oh gosh. So that 
it looks so different. Um, it's just, that's a whole different person, which thank you, Lord. Um, I found myself, I really only had one like incredibly toxic relationship. The rest were just unhealthy. And I think that that's most common. It's probably most common to find yourself in unhealthy relation relationships, but that still means that there's something there that's keeping you there that you're not finding fulfillment in, in the Lord. Um, so I always found myself in these relationships whenever I was wanted or valued or seemed, I don't know, indispensable almost. Like I would go out of my way to help people and do things to make sure they didn't leave me or make sure they um, would still love me because I did all this stuff for them and I would literally like be a martyr to whatever they needed. Every responsibility I ever had went by the wayside if it meant someone else needed something or someone else's priorities were my priorities suddenly. So that really ended up just being a spiral of unhealthy behaviors on both of our parts, right? Because I was sacrificing everything to be whoever this person needed me to be, but they didn't value that because they're like, who are you? You're not even, you're not standing up for yourself. Like you're not a confident person. You're just whoever I want you to be. That just showed them that like, I'm not a person. I'm malleable to whoever they want me to be. I remember one time I like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Why am I even saying this? I'm saying this, but I hate that I'm saying this. (laughs) Like one time I was talking to this guy, not even dating this guy, but just talking to this guy. And he like couldn't hang out because he had to like clean his apartment, which a, I feel like that was just like an excuse because what guy cleans their apartment? Yeah. And B, um, or freshman in college guy, I should say. And B, I literally was like, I'll drop whatever I'm doing and like, I'll go help you. And we literally cleaned that guy's apartment. And it was fine, like at the time, because I was like, oh, I'm just being so helpful. And he was appreciative. But at the same time, I showed him that I'll sacrifice anything to be with him and be near him. And that's not good. You know, like it's good for you to have your own stuff and your own autonomy and your own drive and and passions. And whenever you throw them all away for someone, it just shows them that they can throw yours away too. Mm -hmm. They can expect you to drop everything to be at their beck and call. And they start to take advantage of that. So that's kind of where I landed. And then whenever I ended up in the toxic relationship, it was so like I could tell whenever it finally hit me, I was like three months in and he started to get physically violent. And I was like, oh, this is very unsafe. Um, How did I get here? And whenever I started to think back, I started to realize all the ways I had compromised that led me to this place of the ultimate compromise where I literally thought I was going to lose my life at one point at the hands of this guy. Wow. Um, Man, the road to recovery was so incredible and so life-giving that I was like, no, never again. Like I'll never be in that position again. And if I have anything to say about it, no one else will be either. So the Ainsley now has gone through tons of counseling, EMDR, faith revival, if you will, and an unshakable confidence that literally no one can tell me anything about my self-worth because I know who holds it. And, you know, I saw this TikTok which I meant to send it to you, but I forgot. Um, 
And he was like, it was, uh, I think it was a self-confidence maybe teacher. I don't know. But he was like going to the crowd and he was like, I like your blue hair. I like your blue hair. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't have blue hair. And I, I hope I'm not like butchering his analogy, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, you know, you don't have blue hair. And that's why you can be so confident about saying that you don't have blue hair. And it's similar with like your self-worth. If you know where it's rooted, you can be so confident about where it's rooted that no one can tell you anything because you're like, no, I know that's not true. I know that's not true. I know I don't have blue hair. I know that I'm not insecure. I know that I'm worth more. So you can't tell me otherwise. Oh, preach. I know. I love that. I was like, that would solve every problem. I know. And it was such a simple analogy. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Hey, if you enjoy this episode, you help make this possible by shopping my online store. I have totes and t-shirts and books and all kinds of fun stuff. And I would love your support. Also, if you are in a relationship and just need an unbiased third party to kind of give you some, some helpful advice, or maybe you're not in a relationship but want to be and just want to make the best use of the single time, I offer online mentoring and I love to be able to do this. The link under this episode will bring you right to my calendar. You can pick a time that works for you and works for me. We book it, we make it happen, and I cannot wait to have virtual coffee with you. Yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, a girl I just talked to the other day. Yeah. This guy broke her heart and said all these mean things about her. Well, does he get to decide her worth? No. Yeah. Like, sorry, yeah. that sucks, but he's not the decider of your worth. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Well, you kind of alluded to this, but so many girls just kind of force a relationship or they just don't want to be alone. And that's probably the root of it, but they'll, they'll force a relationship or make excuses or whatever, find themselves in relationships that are not good for them dating boo-boo dudes, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. why do we do that? Why do we do that? <laughs> so forth, right? <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons in addition to that. There's, you know, that loss or searching of identity. There's boredom sometimes. Like, that was me most of the time. I was like, I'm bored and I want attention. So I'm going to go yeah. talk to whoever. But also that loneliness piece, I think a lot of times people equal aloneness with loneliness and aloneness doesn't have to mean loneliness. You can be single and thriving. You can be alone in your room on a Friday night and it's okay that you don't have plans. Like I just think that it gets a little bit mixed up that just because you may be in a single season, it doesn't mean that you have to be lonely, but that loneliness comes from a void um, in who we are. So that is why that it all comes down to that self-worth piece, um, that you and I talk about all the time. But yeah, I think that if we remember that being alone is not the problem and loneliness is not, um, because you have a purpose and a calling even by yourself. Like I'm thinking of my husband and I's jobs. We have entirely different jobs. Like you and your husband have very different jobs too. I mean, we're in this similar kind of boats where they're financial and we're creative and writers and all this stuff. And I'm like, so that tells me we both have entirely different identities and we're both thriving in those specific identities and that specific calling. If we were apart, we would still have that calling on our lives and we would still have those giftings and we would still be racing towards 
you know, our um, purpose in the kingdom to, to further the kingdom, but we're together and we just make either, each other stronger, but it's just like this confusion that marriage is the answer. It's, it's not like, it's not the answer. It's right. a great blessing, but it's not the end all be all. It's not the finish line. Your race is with you individually and the Lord, like that's it. So just because you're alone doesn't mean you have to be lonely. Girl, I'm over here like headbanging, saying yes so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. You just speak with such, dare I say, confidence. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, I want to talk about dudes for a second. You talk about not dating a boo-boo dude. I tell girls not to date dirtbags. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to like have a healthy conversation about how you and I both also love men. Like we are not saying... Uh, men are the enemy. And and I think most of our listeners obviously know that, but just having a conversation about like men are good and men are not the enemy. It is mm-hmm. having healthy relationships, healthy conversations, knowing your worth, uh, communicating that to others. And we can still call guys, baby dudes and dirt bags. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, girls just, can be that too. That's the oh, thing is sure. like this. It's not, it's, it's the reason that you and I talk about it like that is because weird women who have dated men. Like <laughs> that's how we can say dirtbags and boobity. It's like, that's our experience. We cannot speak outside of our experience right? and, you know, say something else, but yeah, yeah no, we're both married to men. Like men are not the enemy. Right. The enemy is the enemy and the enemy is whispering insecurities in everybody's ear, not just women. Um, the enemy's also whispering insecurities in men's ears. And I think that that's where a lot of the boo-boo dude and dirtbag behavior comes from. So not only can we edify the men in our lives about their worth and affirm them in who God's called them to be, no matter what, doesn't matter if it's our brother, uncle, dad, you know, we can just speak life over everyone around us. Um, But we can also like challenge the guys that we're talking to, to rise up. When you think about the nature of men in general, um, I'm thinking about that book. Oh, what is it? Wild heart, wild at heart. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of heart. Yeah. Wild at heart. It's, it's a book for men and it talks about like, and I remember some of it being like, you know, let the boys swing from trees. I'm so like saying it wrong, but like (sighs) get muddy and dirty and like, do these manly things, I guess. And I think that like they like a challenge. Generally speaking, men like challenges. That's why my husband, especially if they're Enneagram threes, all the threes like challenges. But that's why my husband signs up for these marathons. I'm like, that sounds awful to me, but you just want a challenge. You want a goal to achieve. And I think it's also the same in the same kind of wave is no, I'm going to challenge you to treat me better. I'm going to challenge you to rise up and become the man that I know that you are, that you have the potential to be, but I'm not going to give my heart to you until you have reached that potential. A lot of times we fall in love with potential. And so then we settle for what we know for what he is instead of what he could be knowing that, you know, along the way, but that doesn't like, he has to reach that potential before you can consider him because, and sometimes it doesn't take long. I mean, I did that with my husband. It took like two weeks and he was like, Oh, 
you you're serious about this dating thing like because I was like I'm not talking like we're either dating or we're not dating we're either exclusive or we're not like we're either exclusive or we're just doing our own thing yeah and not making out (laughs) yeah but it was and it was challenged him to be like oh okay she's serious like I guess I gotta step it up then and he did yes and it was very quick and I think that we can challenge these guys to rise up and guys, I would challenge if, you know, if any guy listens, I would say challenge the women in your life to love themselves better and not compromise for 100%. less. Like this can be a two way street. None of this 100%. is just, you know, one sided. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and also I'm just thinking about like, whatever's in the past, like leave it in the past for both sides. Um, don't text your ex. That's like the phrase that's yeah. on some of my merch for my book. But I also feel like that's so true. Like don't, yeah. don't go backwards just because it's familiar. doesn't mean it's from God. And I actually right as that came out of my mouth, I realized my friend Bethany literally told me that the other day. So it was applicable for today's conversation too. But my friend Bethany was like, yeah, the familiar, just because it's something familiar doesn't mean it's from the Lord. And I'm like, dang, that's so good in relationships and in past relationships. Like don't text your ex. They're in the past. Bye. 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 (laughs) The end. Yes. I'm thinking about even, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if God radically changes something, then take it, you know, day by day. But like, don't, especially don't text them out of loneliness or desperation or that kind of thing or searching for something. That's really the angle that I hope comes across when I say that. Uh, and your hats are super cute, by the way. You don't text your oh, yeah. hats. <laughs> <laughs> that are going to um, be for sale eventually. <laughs> hey, hopefully by the time this airs. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just thinking about even like scientifically, biologically speaking, like even across the animal kingdom, I think that, that humans are set apart, but men are chasers and women are choosers. And so what you're saying is so spot on that like, if we are like, Oh, well, I'll come clean your apartment for you. I'll, I'll do whatever. Like, just, just, I want to be in a relationship. It's like, Whoa, like, why don't, why don't you chill out um, and Mm -hmm. be your amazing, confident self and then let him pursue you. And not that he has to, you know, we always overthink these, these these things sometimes too, but let him date you, let him pursue you, let him rise up and be the man. You want him to be like he—he he probably wants to be. We need to give him those chances, like you did in that mm-hmm. example. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. I literally uh, have—I um, have a babysitter that's a college girl who I love so much, and she was even talking about like, yeah, guys don't ask girls on dates. Like if they want to see you in the daytime, like it's serious. And I'm like, challenge that. Yeah, don't go on a date at night. I mean, if that's the norm, like just because it's normal doesn't mean right. it has to be your normal. Just challenge it. Yeah. Like I'm not saying nighttime dates are even bad. I'm just saying if that's the norm, whatever the norm is, it doesn't have to be your norm. You can challenge people to rise up. A hundred percent. And you'll be different. If a million other girls like, oh, okay, I'll do whatever you want, you know, boy, like why why don't you be different? You'll be a gym. You'll be a pursue you know, someone worth pursuing. Yeah. One thousand percent. Um You, just said the same you thing. talked about, I know, you talked about on Instagram one time, um, oh, when you and your husband were dating and it was kind of that like define the relationship moment, you said you, you just asked him, I need to hear more about that. Oh, yeah. 
I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I was just straight up like, okay, so, and this is like aggressive, like this is for sure aggressive, but like, I don't even care because uh-huh. look where it landed me. We had been dating for two weeks. I'm pretty sure, or like talking, I guess for literally two weeks. I was six months post booba dude relationship and I was like, I'm just not wasting time here. So like, if you want to just talk, you just let me know because that's not me. Like, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But like, that's not what you're going to find with me. So just let me know because like, I'm not trying to waste your time and I don't want you to waste my time either. And it wasn't rude. It was just like, just let me know. Like, just let me know where this is at. So I think the way that I actually said it was like, hey, I know that it's only been a couple of weeks and I know that like, we don't even know where this is going, but I just want to be upfront with you about my, what I expect because, and who I am as a person, because I want you to know what you're getting into. Um, I don't like just hook up with guys. I'm not um, looking for something casual and I really like you. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, 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 <laughs> you know, like, please don't leave, please don't leave, please don't leave. Yeah. But then I also was like, if that is too much for you, like, I totally understand and we can just part ways now and we can stay friends or even though like a hundred percent would not have been able to stay friends with him because he was so cute. Um, <laughs> but I was like, you know, you just let me know because I'll follow your lead, but you need to know yeah. my expectations and where I'm at. And then he was like, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm pretty sure he was super overwhelmed, but I was like, no, I mean, that's, I have to be upfront and honest with you. And I had just done all this work with the Lord. So my confidence was there. And um, he appreciated the honesty and it was like, there was no games. He was like, it was so refreshing because I didn't have to guess or play. I was just like, okay, this is what she expects. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. And I think like a few days later, you know, he said like, let me think about it. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And then a few days later we go to a coffee shop and the guy at the counter's like, they knew each other. And the guy at the counter was like, who's this? It's like nine o'clock in the morning. Um, He's like, who's this? And Justin like looks at me and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm like, we just had this conversation. Like, yeah, who am I? (laughs) And um, he was like, my girl, <laughs> you know, he like kind of was a little hesitant about it. And I was like, okay, like, I guess that's what that means. So yeah, that from that day on, we were dating. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, it did work out. And I think that that lends like to that conversation of challenging and rising up. Like he appreciated someone honestly not being, I don't even know what to, how to describe it, but maybe too easy is the word or yeah or wishy-washy or like I don't know I think he appreciated the chase a little bit he probably did and you kind of were clear about your intentions your motivations Mm -hmm. and it it didn't leave any he didn't have to wonder or guess and so he probably even though he might have taken off guard was probably like oh well thank god and this girl is a catch (laughs) yeah 100 percent I think it was literally like, okay, I've never seen this before. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, uh, I better put a ring on it fast, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How long have y'all been married? Six years, I want to say. Six Together years. for eight, I think. 
and just welcome mm-hmm. to new baby girl. Yeah, so exciting. Yep. Goldie girl. Yes. And okay, so um, just switching gears one, one more time because I, you speak so well about the subject of confidence, and obviously there's a lot when it comes to dating and knowing your worth. But now you're sharing this in a book, and I've just watched you grow as an author and a podcaster. You know, sharing your voice, sharing all of your embarrassing dating stories. That's not something yeah. that comes easy. And I'm sure sometimes yeah. your hands get a little sweaty. So I know there's girls listening yes. who are inspired, who want to do, do brave things. Um, I would just, maybe you share a little bit about inspiring them with your wild confidence. I think the book is definitely a helpful guide in that, especially if you know, you're know you starting from an unhealthy relationship or maybe fresh out of one or just want to avoid one in general. And they can kind of take you through that self-confidence and self-worth journey. But man, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like that practice. I don't remember who's who does it. I can't remember her name, uh, but she counts to five and she just gets up like to get whenever you're like, don't want to get out of bed. She like mm-hmm. counts to five and then she like gets up out of bed and she only, she just does it, you know? And like, you have to literally just do it <laughs> Nike style yeah. for every little baby step. So what does that look like? Um, sending a text that says, hey, I think I don't think this is working out. One, two, three, four, five, press send. Mm. And then go and cry in the corner and like, I know that like, what the heck did I just do? But you did it. Um, if you're trying to go on a run, one, two, three, four, five, just walk out the door. It's just these like yeah. moments of like, just go, just do it, just send the text. And it only takes five seconds of you know, mustering up that courage and you press send or you press go or you just do something. And I think that those add up because you realize that like after every action, the world doesn't fall apart. Right. Like, wait, I'm okay. Wait, I'm still standing. Wait, I finished that walk, run. I finished this. I, I stood up for myself. I, I did it. And I think the more that you do that and the more you refine your character and who you want to be, and how people treat you, when you realize that people will rise up and treat you better, when you treat yourself better, then you're like, oh my gosh, this is how I need to live my life. And when you are anchoring your self-worth in the Lord and what he has for you, it's it's unshakable. Like you literally can't, there's no settling because you know who you are in him. Ah, I knew I loved you, but I love you even more now. This is so good. (laughs) (laughs) tell us all about the book when where how all the extras all the goodness yeah it's on amazon barnes and noble on my website ainsleybritton.com um i'm ainsley b on instagram and it is there i guarantee um what else uh enneagram and chill on tiktok if anybody's into the enneagram (laughs) which we've already talked about on here but yeah you can order the book now and it comes out August 2nd, so I'm not sure when this is airing, but it will be available August 2nd, and holy guacamole, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, and we'll make sure we link that previous episode and also, of course, all of the book goodness because there's so many 
so many exciting and inspiring words in there. Um, I just got my copy. I'm so excited. We'll definitely Yay. put a picture of that on Instagram. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> so thankful for you, my friend. And I can't wait to share this episode with everybody. Thank you. I told you, you would love her. Isn't she so fun? I love this episode and I hope that you do too. We made all the links super easy for you to find in the show notes of this episode. You can get the link to order the book 